Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Man, you guys look wonderful. I just uh, needed to worship today so bad. I was worshiping on my way. Up here, I'm going to say something about that because it's in this passage today about worshiping and singing psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit to one another. So I'm singing at the top of my lungs to praises on the way up here. Your name is life. Your name is hope inside me. And, and I'm just, I'm losing it in my car. Just a little tender, you know, this morning. And, um, um, and then I, I pull up in the parking lot and then I start, my phone starts blowing up with a text thread. All these people that are wishing my little brother, Jared, happy birthday. And so if he's watching, um, my parents raised some great kids, man. I mean, they, they really did. My, my little brother, he has like 25 or 2600 employees. He's the city manager for Amarillo. And then my sister, I can't tell you what she does, but she works in Washington, D.C. And, uh, and then I've got a few things going on, you know, just in, in our little world here and in the movement. And then whenever the three of us all get together, Annie's in charge. <laughs> she like totally leads me and Jared what to do, you know, she's got the plan and we're like, yes, ma'am. We do what, we do what Annie tells us. Okay. So happy birthday wish. Love you little brother. You're many, many years younger than me. That's all we need to say. All right, well, open your Bibles up, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And I think this is really one of those super relevant passages for where we're at right now in the world. Um, I could just read this and walk off the stage, you know. I mean, I just, it's that, it's that, uh, powerful. And, you know, we're just going through so much stuff, you know, and every now and then, like, I guess kind of this morning, you just kind of go, you feel the weight of it. And then you get encouraged by others. You know, I walked into the prayer room. We always pray before the services and just can we pray for you? And it's like, boom, man, presence of God. And we need each other. And so, you know, God has done something that we could never do. He's reconciled the world to himself in Jesus Christ. You know, you can't do that. I can't do that. But God can do that. And so it was always his plan to reconcile us to himself. He is the lamb slain before the creation of the world. Isn't it good news that God loves us that much? He loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for us so that we could have a relationship with him. And uh, like Colossians 2, we read last week, it says, when we were dead, God made us alive. So, man, how? what was your part in that? <laughs> See, there's that part that from the Father's heart in eternity past and what Jesus executed 2,000 years ago and what the Holy Spirit makes alive in us that we all experience by God's grace. That's what's going on. And it's such wonderful, powerful good news. This week we're going to be talking about identity and action. Our identity in Christ and the way we live that out. But I got to thinking, identity and action, really it's identity in action. Does that make sense? It's like we have an identity that we're wanting to put into action. It's like we're, it's being 
and doing. But it's really important that we live out of what God has done for us. The thing that we couldn't do, God's done for us. And that's that's the place we live out of. And so let's just read this passage together. If you would, stand up to honor the reading of God's Word in your living rooms. Everybody, let's all stand up together. This is a way of honoring the Word of God. And when we finish, I'll say this is the Word of God. And we are so high tur- church liturgical. And you guys say, thanks be to God. You have to do some training on that from time to time. I love y'all. Lord, do bless the reading of your word. Colossians 1, excuse me, 3, 1 through 17. Let's read together. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life that you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, come on, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the Word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Amen. You guys have a seat. Yeah, praise the Lord. It's good. It's good to just read the word and let it soak in. So there's, I'm going to say some things, but there's probably some things the Lord was highlighting to you just as you went through that passage. Maybe things to take a journal and just do an inventory. Go back and just process with the Lord. Lord, how's it going here? What are you wanting me to see? Where are you wanting me to grow? There's great encouragement and hope. And I think part of it is the, the hope is also mixed with a sober realization of, of reality that we don't just walk in the Spirit. As much as we would like to just walk in the Spirit, we don't just walk in the Spirit. Listen to the amens flying in the room right now. It's like a sobering truth that we are holy 
and we are sinful. It, 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 like a checkerboard, you know, just, it's got, it's got all the different blocks there, and that's us. And, and, uh, Martin Luther famously said, see if I can get it, simul justus et peccatoria. And <laughs> Todd just said, that's right. <laughs> And it's Latin for simultaneously righteous and sinful. And that's us. You know, and I just, it, it, it helps me. I know it sounds broken. We are broken. But it helps me as I process this passage. It's going to help us process this passage. How do we navigate the season of life that we're in right now? We need great help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Lord's life in us. And it's so relevant. Just think about what's going down right now. It's historic. In all of history, in American history, COVID, and the, and I, 892,000 is the number I've been using for decisions that we've walked through. It just, and I, it should be more because I've been using 892,000 for a long time now, but that's like, it's the color wheel is spinning as we come around to Monday again and, oh, are we gonna, what are we gonna do? Oh, it seems like deja vu. Haven't we talked about this? It's an, uh, 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 ah. Just me. Yeah, it's just me. So COVID decisions and then, then the injustice and racial tensions and all of that stuff and all the pent up frustration of years and stuff and the people needing to talk and all of those things that are just happening. And then there's, oh, by the way, the elections are coming. <laughs> just, you know, frustrations and, and us and them and, and binary and no middle ground for talking about anything. You're either with us or you're against us. You know, lock and load. Right? And so here we are in the middle of all of this. And so this passage is loaded with concrete things for us that flow from our, our new identity in Christ. And I'm going to say it this way. Who we are and what we do. Who we are and what we do. Who we are, just remember that. Who we are and what we do. And sometimes it actually works the other way. Uh, what we do actually helps us to wake up. You know, our habits, our, the way we're formed, the, the practices, like coming together, like, like Hebrews, what's the 1020, uh, uh, 1025? Yeah. Just, don't give up meeting together. I mean, like that takes on new meaning when you haven't had a spiritual psalm or hymn sung to you in a while and you need to hear, you know, fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And I need to hear the congregation singing that over me. I needed it just then, you know. And so who we are and what we do. Here's the main thing is that God wants us to know our identity in Christ and then express that identity in action. Okay, can we just read that together? I think it's on the screens. God wants us to know our identity in Christ and then express that identity in action. So here we go. Identity in action means knowing and living. So look at the first one together. Knowing our identity in Christ. Identity in action. You've got to know who you are. You've got to meditate on who you are. And there's some things in this process. I was alluding to it just a minute ago, but where it hit me, I don't know, Thursday, Friday, I was looking at this passage. It says, for you died. And it just, you know, you're reading the Bible sometimes and just like something just like, Jumps out. That was the phrase for me. For you died. And, and it just hit me again. 
We are in union with Jesus Christ because of what Jesus has done. I talked about that in week one. He's the creator. He's the, the word through whom the Father creates. So it's, it's not just Father creating. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so in, when His incarnation happens, that's God. It's Jesus Christ becoming the great mediator for us between God, the one in whom God and humanity and creation are joined together. And so what happens to Him happens to us. You know, and Paul makes this clear. What Adam did to get us into sin, how much greater is it when God the Creator in the Son becomes a man and dies for us? He takes our humanity with Him into death and we are raised with Him into new life. Now we did a whole bunch of baptisms last week. And it was, praise God, man, it was good. And just, but that's what we're picturing in baptism is we died with Him. You know, some of the people say, buried with Christ and raised to newness of life. I forget the whole phrase, you know, but just different traditions merging in this little melting pot of Jesus' people here. They're good. Uh, Out of shape. I think I've been over, so now I'm out of breath. It's just sad. But okay, so the point is union. God did something. We We are in union with Christ. That is the trajectory of the New Testament, by the way. Just that's where it's going. You're forgiven and you're set free from bondage. You've got a new life, new ways of thinking so that you can live in union with Jesus Christ and in union with brothers and sisters from the worldwide multi-ethnic family of God. Partakers, participants, sharing life. I mean, that's our vision statement as a church to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church, through new disciples, new life groups, new congregations, to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. We are partakers. We are sharing in this identity and life. And yet there's, there's tension for us. We died, so we, we identify with His death. But He is our life. When Christ, who is your very life, and so that just sent me off thinking about all these just different influences in my life. I'm reading a book right now, or actually listening to it by Barbara Brown Taylor. And uh, she was just talking about how the seasons of our life are, are marked by finding life, losing life, and finding life again. So the older ones say amen first on that, because that's the, that's the process. We find life, but then we have to die to things. There's stuff that's got to go. We're not fully formed as we come to know the Lord and we grow up. Our sanctification is that simil justus et peccatoria. Simultaneously righteous. Because that's part of what growing up in Christ is like. It's like there's a righteousness that's being formed in us in the midst of our brokenness. So just that, that's good. Personally, I'll tell you a little bit of my story. I was really shaped by the Keswick movement out of England in the 1800s. I was first introduced to, I don't know, maybe through Watchman Nee. I'm just going to, a few names, but for sure, Hudson Taylor, um, George Mueller, Amy Carmichael, C.T. Studd, Andrew Murray. All these guys were connected with the Keswick movement. And it was kind of called the Deeper Life Movement. And like Hudson Taylor was already leading the China Inland Mission. He already had all these missionaries working and all this burden and weight. And it was in the midst of that incredible crucible that he discovered the exchange life. And that just, when I, I read that with him and he said, I realized I had to surrender my life. 
I had to lay my life down in order to receive the life of Jesus. You know, and so that's kind of, that's kind of where I started seeing that. I remember being at a conference one time. We were leading worship somewhere and, and, uh, a conference I was in, they had a bookstore. And you ever walk in, this may be a totally unique experience, but I walked in the bookstore there at the conference and I could see a book that had some red writing in the corner behind a whole bunch of other books. I was like, no, I don't even want to know what that, oh, but I'm like a magnet being pulled over there. And I I get over to it. I'm like, and it said absolute surrender by Andrew Murray. And I'd like, I knew I had to get it. It was just like beckoning me, you know, across the room, absolute surrender. But that's, this is the life. This is the life we're called to, that God's done that for us in Jesus, and we participate in that life through our own surrender. Uh, we just saw a Nathan video just a minute ago, and, and you guys may remember how that word came to me, the Lord speaking that to me in such a dramatic way in a hotel room 24 years and some change ago. I know, it's June 6th, it was D-Day, 1996. I remember exactly, I wrote it down in my journal. I've got the record of it. But we went to that hotel room. I had a mentor from Georgia meet me in a hotel room up by DFW airport. And we stayed in that hotel room for three days praying and fasting. Which, do you want to go meet with the Lord and have some cool things happen to you? I promise, go, go somewhere and stay one place and pray and fast for three days and God will meet you. He'll get past your barriers and your walls and he'll meet you. And what we were praying about, why we went there, was this. Was We prayed pretty much Galatians 2.20 almost the whole time. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live in the faithfulness of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. One of the dramatic things that I remember just laying and imagining, it was like just very clear, I was in a river of God's love. Just it was, I could sit up if I wanted to, but I didn't want to. It was like just being in the river of His love. And at that point too, I, almost also, saw, I also saw myself with Christ in Him on the cross. And I've never forgotten that. That was like a, you know, it was like uh, the, 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 a revelation. Apocalypto. And, uh, it was a revelation to me. And, and, but it's this. It's this stuff that we're talking about right here. And I realized at that time that this union stuff, it's not for super Christians. Galatians 2.20, not for super Christians. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 is not for super Christians. It's saying the fact that you died with Christ and that Christ is your life. That, that is, Powerful. That's truth. And so the way we explain this around here sometimes is to say it's the difference between indicative. Indicative means it's just stating the way the facts are. This is an indicative fact. It's a description. It's a fact. It's happened. Indicative and imperative. So there's all kinds of commands in this passage. We're going to look at commands, the imperatives. But if you put the imperatives in front of the indicatives as if you're going to do the imperatives enough to get to the indicative, you're going to wear yourself out. You've turned a covenant of God's grace into a contract of works. And so this is so important that we understand God has made a covenant with us in Jesus Christ and it's stuff that you can't do. Your response doesn't make it happen. 
We wake up to what God's done for us in the Father's heart, in Jesus' execution of that, through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, making us alive and awake to the truth of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. It's not a contract of works. It's the covenant of God's grace. And until you think, man, that almost sounds too good to be true, you haven't understood it. It is. It's better than imaginable. It's God loving us, making us alive even when we're dead. And so the new self then is being renewed in the knowledge and in the image of the Creator where ultimately these us-them categories that we have, they they pale in comparison. It doesn't mean like any of us can live in the flesh in any of our situations. You know, we're going to look at some of this stuff and you can do it. You can, the flesh, you know, you can ignore it and over time it kind of, you know, it's, it's here. But or if you give it the place of day, it just, you know, he's kind of like a, you know, this old guy that has this, these desires and things. And so the, the point it, that Paul, that I'm trying to make here, and that is made, oh, so many places. Romans 6 would be a great one. For we know, Romans 6, 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross. Now that's the truth. And then Romans 6.11 says, Now count yourselves, do the accounting, and count yourselves dead to sin. But if I flip that and get the order mixed up, I'm in for a life of misery where I'm going to try to count myself dead enough to sin, but I am ultimately now dead to sin. It does not work. And the fact is, you died. For we died. For we died. For we died. And now our life is Christ. Buried. Raised with Him. So it's really good news. And that Christ is all and is in all is really good news as well. That means that all the things that weigh us down, and when we start thinking about others and thems, you know, it really helps me to think about Christ being all in all. I can see how God's working, even in our broken, even in my brokenness. It's like, now you can understand why you see some good things in people that do not yet proclaim Jesus is Lord, and why you can see some bad things in people that do proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Anybody know that in your own personal story? The older you get, the more you know it. That's why the old guys dropped the stones first when the woman was caught in adultery. They're like, uh, busted. Any of you without the sin cast the first stone. So it's good news. (laughs) It's good news. It's knowing who we are, our identity, and letting now this command set your mind. Set your hearts on things above. Put stuff to death. You know, start living this life. Put this stuff off. Now there's a place for that that makes sense. That's not a contract of works, but we're living out of the grace that God has given us. So let's look at the second piece there. Identity in action means not only knowing our identity in Christ, but also living our identity. And that's where the imperatives kick in. Again, we're not trying to do these things to to earn God's grace, but we are living out of the reality of a covenant that we've entered into with God. Like this is what this is descriptive of you. You're going to put these things to death. You're not going to be marked by sexual impurity and lust and passions and idolatry and greeds. 
evil desires. Um, you're not going to be marked. So, uh, trying to, the wrath. So God, because of these things, God's wrath is coming. You, if you think about God as a father, like Jesus Christ reveals him, then you'll understand better what wrath when we're is, when we're doing stuff that's destroying us. God is a, like a father. Kids running out in the street. He's like, no! And it comes off harsh, maybe, sometimes. But it's out of love. You know, don't do this. Don't do this. This is destroying you. You used to walk in these ways. Don't do that anymore. Rid yourselves of all of these things. Anger and these things, just the, that little list right there leads to everything we're seeing in our culture. And it leads to worldwide wars. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and be sensitive to it. I mean, when you see it, don't just go, yeah, that's just the way it is. I mean, we are making a stand in our own. We have to do it. We have to start with us in our own hearts and in our own lives. Rid yourselves. Instead, clothe yourselves with these other things, the the compassion, the kindness, the gentleness, the patience, the, the forgiveness, the and and how much do you forgive? I mean, sometimes it's hard to forgive, right? But you want to forgive in just the way that you've been forgiven. And how have you been forgiven? Partially, if you do it right, if you repent right, then God's going to forgive you. I've heard people say, I'm not going to forgive them until they didn't re- really repent. Think through that. Did you repent right? That's not the way it works. He's done that. And our right response is repentance. But we can't hold over people a prescribed way of responding to God. I know this as a pastor. I can't make people do the right prescribed thing that I think needs to happen. But we're, there's, we're in a, we're in a precarious spot right now where ever, there's lots of you have to do it the way I think you have to do it in order for me to forgive or to love. And God's calling us to so much more. And that, that cuts across all of us. There's nobody that's untouched by that. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And all, all these things put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. So I'll, I'll keep going. Just the, the, the peace part. Is huge. I, I'm. Where's Kim? I, this morning, I, I come in. I'm. I'm anxious. It just it happens sometimes. So I, mostly, I just walk, just kind of float in the spirit. And um, I had my notes. I had my computer, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I'm saying. And oh, and she's like, was well, just you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even do the let the peace of Christ rule in your heart right now. I wanted to, but. You know, here I am. I died, but I'm alive, and I'm in this tension place, I'm Semel Eustis at Peccatoria. <sighs> yeah. Woo, Latin. <laughs> Not impressed. And be thankful. And I just again this this singing thing. I was on uh, an ADS. Uh, been doing some different ADSs uh, with some of the different churches. Uh, discipleship schools, and uh, I was on with Dallas this past Sunday night, and one guy said, what are you doing about worship and and all of the, how are you doing that in the COVID time? 
And it was just convicting because I'd already been reading ahead, reading this passage and just realizing my, my, uh, uh, just our rhythms in the staff, just they, they're not the same as they were. The different times we were getting together for worship, not the same. And I can't tell you how many times I've come in on the Sunday, getting the really frail version this morning, but where I just feel like I'm just being, you know, kind of dragged in. And then by the end of worship, it's like God is on the throne. He's awesome. He's worthy of our praise. What was I thinking about an hour ago? You know, and so we need this. He's asking me that question. What's that look like? And I was like, uh, you know, it's Zoom calls, us standing around, you know, people kind of walking around the Zoom call while the worship's going on. But man, I've got to up my personal game in worship in a time where it's, there's been less of that. Anybody? No, it's just you, Jamie, just you. So, uh, worship and whatever you do, do it with thankfulness. Be thankful. Do it all word or deed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father uh, through Him. So the tension that we feel is all of us, you guys. It's every single one of us. The, and, and it's in our personal, I've just got some spheres here for us. In our personal world, we feel that tension. Spirit and the flesh. You know, we try, we blow it, we give ourselves grace, rightfully so, because grace is what He's giving um, we do well, and anybody ever you anybody ever want someone else to know when you're doing well? <laughs> Got a few hands. We do well. We want others to know. Might be an appropriate post about serving the poor on Lancaster, or you know, something, right? Just um, and then one of the things. Just throwing this out as a suggestion. But one of the things we might do is judge ourselves on our motives. What did we intend to do? Ah, blew it. And then we judge other people on their actions. They really did blow it. They intended to, I don't know what they intended to do, but, you know, you know, jump off the, do the pile driver thing off the ropes. And, and, uh, you know, so personally, we feel this. And the way forward, though, is to live out of our identity. God's made a way forward for us through Jesus Christ. He's made us to be one new humanity in Jesus Christ, where the wall is not dividing us anymore. That's reality. That's the identity that we're living out of. And now we actually start to put that in practice. We think about Jesus, he, he, His identity, who He is, what He's done, what He's doing, what He will do. That's that's who we are in Jesus Christ. And there's so much. I mean, I can go on for a long time on that. But we will always have hope. Mark my words, we will always have hope. And uh, I think Todd was quoting somebody a couple weeks ago, said we can't hear the word about hope too much right now. We, we just can't. We can't hear it enough. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, as we trust Him, so that you'll be filled up with hope by the overflowing power of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, do that in us and, and create this fresh compassion for others, fresh kindness for others, a fresh humility, 
Again, we're just saying be like Jesus. You should have the same mindset and attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the nature of a human, looking like us, the incarnation, and becoming a servant and obedient even to death and death on a cross at that. So humility and gentleness, these are... These are the patience. These are the ways. I mean, what a relevant, timely word for us. I need it in my personal life, but we also need it in our families, with our roommates, you know, all the different situations, the, just the, the circles of our influence in our work, in our church life. We need it. Now, you guys may not know this, but not everybody thinks the same, even at Antioch, Fort Worth about everything that's going on in our culture right now. <laughs> I know, right? And and so we need that kind of humility to our church, with our church family, that kind of gentleness, that kind of seeing Jesus in each other. And you guys are doing great. I mean, you really are. I'm I'm thankful. And uh but but that's the way forward. Like we're actually supposed to be modeling something for the whole wide world the whole wide world that the world could see. Uh, you know, every now and then I come into the middle of a situation and I realize things need to change. And we're in one of those times right now. You know, just in, but it takes some waking up. I was playing uh, golf with a friend on Friday. We were having a blast. Just hanging out, walking, talking, laughing. But he had not been drinking water enough. And suddenly about the 15th hole, he'd been saying, I'm not, I don't know if I feel right. And about the 15th, 15th hole, he started bending over a little bit. 16th hole, bending over more. And something along in there, just everything flipped for me as I realized, hey, he's not doing well. Like one minute, it's just, we're having fun being together. And the next minute things change because he's hurting. And it just, uh, a, a, a switch flipped for me, and 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 ultimately, he's he's great. He did get dehydrated, drank about a gallon of water when he got home, but um, you know, he made it. It's kind of like just there's something that happens that switches us, and we need to realize that's the time we're in right now. And there's this book that was real famous years ago on uh, personal habits and stuff is by Stephen Covey called uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think was the name of the the book. But he tells a a story right at the start. He's on this train, and these kids are just running around being crazy, and the guy's just got his head, you know, he's just spacing and just doesn't not taking care of his kids. He finally goes, sir, would you just kind of manage your kids a little bit? And the guy goes, oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're, we're coming from the hospital right now where their mom just died. And he said it just totally shifted the, his perspective, the paradigm. It was a paradigm shift. And we're in one of those times right now where our awareness, our, the way we understood reality or understood how other people perceive reality is that there's other thoughts going on out in the world. And it's waking us up to really need to dig into more of this very thing where Christ is the vision of our lives and that then our actions are marked and flow out of our identity and who we are 
as the people of God together, expressing the love of God on the mission of God for the glory of God. And, and all those, you know, uh, one of my guys I love to read from the past named George McDonald. Um, he was a mentor, kind of, uh, C.S. Lewis calls him his master teacher or something. I forget kind of phrase. But I, I love this quote. It said, but he who would be born again indeed must wake his soul unnumbered times a day. But he who would be born again indeed must wake up again. We who would be born again indeed must wake up unnumbered times a day. Like, okay, so here we are. It's whatever, 1030, and we're, we're waking up now, but then we got to wake up again at 1. And we got to wake up again at 5. And we got to wake up again at 7. We must be waking ourselves up all the time. And so as we finish here today, my modest proposal, just a, a modest proposal. I got that language. I, if somebody writing about peace one time said that Christians would just not kill each other. That's a modest proposal. That made it really heavy. Um, but I'm, I'm just like, my modest proposal is, what if Christians lived this way? What if we would just live into what we're talking about here in Colossians 3? Isn't that great? Just a, what would happen in the world if we lived this way? What if it would happen, okay, not going global, but just right here, our families, our roommates, our church life, Antioch, Fort Worth. What would happen if we said, hey, we're going to live out of our identity, out of who we are in Christ? And I know that at one level, this is overwhelming. I get it. It's like, what can I, you know, like, everything's happening in the world. What can I do? But that's why the Lord has given us grace and the gospel and his life and a whole new worldwide identity of humanity in Christ. That's why he's given us that is so that we can live out of a different reality. A new creation reality, mentality, attitude, the things we were talking about the first week and the last week, a different kind of hope that points the way forward. Graydon's sitting here on the front row, and I remember, I don't know, a couple months ago, he told this story about him and his dad being lost in Scotland. They were over there trying to find a golf course. I don't know what y'all were doing over there, but they were on a father-son trip, and and the, the, they couldn't find the signs. Like the signs were not visible. And I mean, Kim and I were talking about this yesterday. Can you just, I, it wasn't just a long time ago. We would go places and get really lost. Well, it's a few decades ago, but, but you'd get really lost because you, if you didn't have this big thing called a Mapsco, little high fives with some old people. What was the other one? Yeah, phones. I mean, so so now there's GPS, there's your phone, you can call people, you break down, you don't have a phone, you break down, you're, you don't know where you are, or and you don't have a way of communicating. And so it's just, it's different. But they were out and they couldn't find the signs. And And here's the thing, we are made, God made us to be signpost people. And to do that corporately together, we help people that don't know what to do to find a way forward. And it's going to look... You know, everybody's got a different piece. And you can't put your gifting and your calling on everybody else. That's one of the early, uh, just when we're new in the Lord, just that's what we do. 
I see this thing and now everybody needs to see what I see. Everybody needs to do it. I, I did it. Yeah, you know, I got this call to plant churches and I thought everybody was going to be a church planter. <laughs> everybody, literally. So l- literally, our path to maturity, this is literally what it was. New believer to church planter. That's for 15 years. Or, and finally had people going, you know, I, I want to be faithful to God. You know, I want to... I want to feel like I'm growing up in Jesus, but I don't feel, I feel like I'm supposed to stay here and not leave. We did that. I'm sorry. Sorry to everybody that we did that to. So now it's like new believer to mature believer with all different kinds of callings and giftings and praise God. Right? But the, the point there is we can do that with any of our, when we get passionate about something, everybody needs to be a worship leader. Everybody needs to be a, Youth pastor. Everybody needs to be life group leader. You know, just all that. So, uh, there's hope in this, you guys, for all of us because of Jesus Christ and knowing and living into our identity. God wants us to know our identity in Christ and then live into that, express that identity in action. And as we do this together, I'm just saying, Lord, would you let it happen in this generation, in us, Right now, just let's stand up. Let's respond to the Lord. Aaron, come on up. Just give it a, a minute here. I, I think the the waking up piece is something I'm supposed to pray. If anybody else has something directly for me to pray into, let, let me know. We've got a few minutes. Yeah. Forgiveness when we've blown it. Forgiveness when we've blown it. Amen. I'm going to pray into that. Anybody else? Just something. Highlighted right now. The hope and waiting. Hope and waiting. When we don't see it yet. Lord, here we are. And um, I thank You for the blood of Jesus. I thank You for forgiveness. I thank You for opening the way to know You. To for making us alive when we were dead. And now, Lord, calling us on a path out of what You've done. Calling us to a path of ever-increasing wakefulness and being aware and to express, put things to death and get rid of things that need to go in our lives. The old life, the old man, the old woman, that, that Adam, sinful part of us, and Lord, living into our, our new life, our new identity. Uh, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Yeah, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you'll appear with Him in glory. Thank you, Lord, for this. Now, Lord, wake us up. Lord, all in living rooms, dorm rooms, wherever we're at right now. Lord, wake us up. Wake us up to Christ is all and in all. Lord, there's a lot of things that are not that. that. There are a lot of things that do not go in that blank right now. Lord, the election is not all and in all. Lord, wake us up. Lord, the the things that we want to see happen in justice. Lord, it's not all in all. You are all in all. Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, this pandemic, Lord, it is not all in all. It is not, it's not going to stop humanity. 
Lord Jesus Christ, You are the all in all. And we look to You right now. In all the other circumstances, Lord, our job situations, our family situations, uh, someone that needs to be forgiven, Lord, even as Robin was just saying, Lord, just we just would you release forgiveness in and through us? Just as we have been forgiven, we now release that forgiveness. For the Lord brings anyone to mind, just Lord, I forgive them. If it comes up, I forgive them again because of you, Jesus. Because you've forgiven me, I can forgive. It doesn't mean that you're agreeing with, again, it doesn't mean you're agreeing with everything that happened, but you can forgive. Out of bondage. Just not staying in bondage to what someone did in the past. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, would you just absolutely let peace be the ruling umpire, your peace, the peace of Christ, rule in our hearts. Because as members of one body, we are called, Lord, to peace. And Lord, where gratitude needs to rise, that exhortation, that command, that imperative, be thankful. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's just, as a people, let's just say, oh God, we want to do everything and be able to do everything that we're doing in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So Lord, change us, mold us, have your, have your way in us. We love You. We love You. We love You. Turn your heart to Jesus. Believe in Him this morning. Put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord, the King, the lover of our souls. And He is revealing to us even now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Father's love. And Father, we thank You in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for all that You've done and are doing, even right now and will do in the future. Change our world. Make things right. Bring an end to pandemic. Help people to love each other and acknowledge the things that would help bring relationships. Even Lord, even but we understand, Lord, that You've done something that we could never do. But Lord, there's some bridge crossing that we still need to do in order to actually live it out. Just like our holiness in our lives. Lord, help us. We need You. In our brokenness, we need You. We call upon Your name. And we just say we love You. Amen. So may the Lord bless you, may His face shine on you, and may you always walk with Jesus. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Love y'all. Go in peace.